Under the Microscope on Metro FM Talk. 17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, under the microscope this evening, uh, we take a look at uh, some of the uh, remarks made by Deputy Secretary General Jesse Duarte of the ANC at the Naledi Community Hall during the Albertina Sassoula Memorial Lecture. But I guess our conversation isn't just about that, but it's about uh, this attention here between, uh, I guess, the massive challenges of redress and uh, the uh, massive delivery needs uh, among black people broadly and I guess uh, the kind of politics that have been mobilized uh, uh, according to uh, Jesse's observations within the ANC which uh, she characterizes as tribalistic and racist and very narrow uh, in uh, the uh, formulation but uh, she's not the only one who's raised this before if you'd recall former President Tabum Beki's letter uh, uh, addressing many of his own comrades inside of the ANC around the land issue and uh, saying that uh, that's probably one of the things that is uh, uh, an antithesis to the foundational values of the ANC, of non-racialism. And uh, she has uh, come out uh, now, Jesse, saying uh, some ANC members say so-called colored people benefited from apartheid. And uh, uh, she uh, says we've almost become tribalists in the way we present ourselves. We are racist in the ANC because we marginalize people who are not black African people. And uh, this uh, idea uh, that uh, the uh, ANC is a movement of African people in particular is not uh, really new uh, to the political history of the ANC. Uh, uh, Angelo Fick, is it? Good evening. Uh, no, it isn't actually, but it's also it's not new in the South African political landscape. So Definitely. much of what Jesse Duarte says, even though one may differ with her in how she expresses it, um, is borne out somewhat by material history. So mm. if we go back to the late paranoid phase about the apartheid era, um, much of what was going on in South Africa um, was under the banner of the United Democratic Front and the broad-based mass democratic movement. And in that particular movement, there were very powerful sectors that had to that inherited some of the black consciousness movement insights around mm-hmm. race and its construction um, and had very different ideas um, about race from what the ANC in exile had about uh, race and difference in South Africa. Yeah. And because of the, shall we say, downscaling of the black consciousness movement's involvement in the 1990s and the ascendancy of the returned exiles, but also the people who'd gone to prison in the 1950s and 60s, much of what Jesse Duarte's sketches here is the consequence of the 1990s, unlearning the benefits of the United Democratic Front from the 1980s uh, on issues and questions of race, ethnicity and South Africa. Mm. And uh, and I like this distinction you make there, Angelo, because it, it does indicate that many of those who left exile in the 50s and the early 60s as well, and uh, even later on, uh, uh, would have, I guess, left uh, uh, South Africa um, and uh, at a time where the ANC at that point didn't accept people who weren't Africans as members. And also that in the 1950s, you had the African National Congress, which was for you know African black people's mm. way of, of organizing. And it was only later in the 50s that you had far more integrated interactions with the Indian National Congress and the Colored People's Congress. Mm. And so those movements, the people of the 50s, uh, would have had to unlearn some of those habits very, very quickly if they'd been out of the country um, from the 60s through to the early late 80s, early 90s, or if they were in prison, such as the Ravonia trialists were between 1964 and 87, 88, and 1990. So when you're looking at this, it's important to remember that, you know, South Africa changed between 1959 
1989. Mm. And those changes were not always changes initiated only by the ANC or only involving the ANC. But the world changed as well between 1959 and 1989. And so when you have a movement led by people whose ideas were founded in the 1950s and whose experience of politics and of race differences were founded in you know, everyday experience of the 1950s. The South Africa of 30 years later, 1989, looks very different, and the South Africa that then engenders itself over the next 10 years is one that they help make by for policy formulation, policy implementation, mm. and by everyday discourse. So the return of terms like coloured um, and Indian to political platforms that put Faced themselves to be progressive in the early 90s um, and did a lot of the work the people in the UDF struggled very hard from mm. 1983 through to 1989 to institute. And this is not to blame people, but it's simply to try and explain why it is we sit in South Africa today where we do and why it is the Jesse Duarte statements shouldn't surprise people and shouldn't simply be dismissed mm. because there may be a political reason or sure. a you know, kind of maneuvering reason that Jesse Duarte as the Deputy Secretary General of the ANC says this at this moment in history. But that doesn't devalue some of the truths of what she has to say about how we, and not just in the ANC, but we in South Africa, people continue to think inside the 1950 Population mm, Registration mm. Act, and they also conflate gradations of deprivation with benefit. And those are two very different mm, things. Mm, mm. And, and Angelo, you know, when you look at this, I mean, uh, it's not just a theoretical debate. I think uh, within the contemporary politics of the ANC, it's, it's also something that has material import in terms of, uh, you know, their electoral fortunes. And she even suggests that uh, you have today a national group of people who don't vote the ANC. They just don't vote. They stay at home. They don't see the ANC as their home. Do, do, do you get a sense that it's in that context that she's made this when we can see in many, and I hate to use these terms, but let, we have to work with them now, uh, in many instances in colored communities and in Indian communities where uh, uh, we've seen the electoral fortunes of the ANC decline progressively over time? So this again is, you know, the way in which Jesse Duarte uses race cannot be dismissed as simply a Jesse Duarte fantasy or... Mm. Um, you know, sort of an ANC political ploy. That may also be the case. But if we look at the last quarter of a century, um, what we find is that there's been very little undoing of the spatial dynamics of apartheid and colonialism. So people who in colonial and apartheid South Africa were put into neighborhoods uh, because they have been identified by ethnicity or by race, largely in the wake of of 1994, stayed inside of those, and only those who have class mobility could move out of those neighborhoods. So you have neighborhoods that haven't lost some of the characters that were imposed upon them um, by apartheid spatial planning and by apartheid segregation. And that's something that the African National Congress as the national government for a quarter of a century has to take some responsibility for, because it is partly the consequence of certain other policies, um, a failure in the housing policy, um, a failure in the transport integration policy, a uh, failure to reimagine cities uh, and towns economically in, and think of their development zones. All of that is the consequence of ANC policy implementation, failure, even though the policies existed, or bad policy making. And so Jesse Duarte's statement is not dismissible. It is mm. indeed the fact that many people who live in these communities feel sure. left out. Sure. Um, but again, in a national debate where people are not encouraged to see what they have in common with other people, mm. it is not surprising that people think it themselves in these terms and that politicians have for 25 years exploited this by talking to people in those in terms, those terms yeah. and not 
giving them other terms through the education system, mm. through other social institutions, with which to think of themselves as South Africans outside of the categories of colonialism and apartheid. Mm. Angela, I want us to pause there for a second. We want to take a quick spot break, and uh, we'll continue when we come back on the other side. I'm in conversation with the political analyst Angelo Fick, and we're talking about the foundational values of the ANC around non-racialism and uh, some of the DSG's remarks in that regard. We continue on the other side. Six minutes it is before 9 p.m. And if you just joined us, we're talking uh, about uh, racism and tribalism within the ANC and some of the observations made by the Deputy uh, Secretary General Jesse Duarte speaking to ANC members uh, in Soweto at uh, the uh, Memorial Lecture uh, in uh, honor of Albertina Sisulu. And uh, I'm talking to Angelo Fick, uh, trying to uh, connect, I guess, some of the historic experience here and uh, connect those dots uh, to the contemporary relevance of uh, some of these issues. And uh, Angela, you were making the point earlier on that uh, uh, in many ways we've retreated back to these categorizations uh, that are, how would I say it, pre the black consciousness movement because one of the interesting things about the black consciousness movement was this idea of being able to create, I guess, a new political subjectivity. Uh, Everybody had been organized as Africans, Indians, coloreds uh, politically and, and to come in into the political space and say, you know what, all of us are oppressed as people. Uh, the uh, levels at which we oppress really don't matter. All of us are oppressed by the same system. And therefore, we need to mobilize an effective response. Uh, and, um, and much of that carried through right into, uh, the, um, uh, into the late uh, uh, 80s and right into the early 90s. Uh, would you say that, uh, I guess, in many ways, Jesse Duarte's comments are, are in a way, really summing up uh, the uh, losses of uh, the exiles here, as opposed, of course, to uh, some of those people that came from exile. And more importantly, what does that mean uh, for the uh, political uh, relevance of the ANC in many of the communities that she was referring to? So, you know, despite my earlier analysis, I don't think it is simply a matter of everybody who was in exile didn't do this, and everybody Mm, who was inside South Africa did it. Um, It was that those on the inside often had a lived experience of political organizations in a way precisely as you pointed out. Mm. But what's interesting is that people in the African National Congress continue to use the non-racialism, right, which comes out of the 1950s and the early 1960s. Mm. And in the 1970s and 80s, much of the rest of the world and some parts of the South African mass democratic movement moved to anti-racism, which was not just to think of the world in which race didn't have the consequences that it did in a white supremacist society like apartheid South Africa, but in a society which actively worked against racism. And that's some of the trouble that I think all political parties in contemporary South Africa struggle with. The ANC vocally and visibly continues to struggle with this because they seem married to a glorious moment in their past in the 1960s when this term surfaced very much in the party, um, precisely to begin to make connections with the Indian National Congress, Mm. the Colored People's Congress, and the South African Communist Party, which was seen to be white-dominated and seen as a danger of dominating ANC politics. But anti-racism is, I think, something that in post-apartheid South Africa, the African National Congress government ought to have taken on and thought through more clearly and seen it for being a distinct difference from non-racialism. And I think in not doing that, it's sort of created some of the problems that we sit with today where people really don't have the, the precision of language or the precise language available to them to talk about these problems. And yes, differences of, or gradations of oppression and deprivation have had different consequences for different communities, but so have the last 25 years sure. of neglect and delivery because we often focus on the ANC's lack of delivery. 
But the ANC has also delivered for many communities all sorts of things that they didn't have in apartheid South Africa. And that has, those things have actually appreciably increased or improved people's quality of life. And I think it's important to make that distinction. And there are issues that we haven't addressed in the last 25 years, which the ANC has to take responsibility for. And some of that is the marginalized feeling that people have in communities when the rhetoric coming out of the African National Congress and senior leadership officials have often been deeply tribalistic, have often focused on linguistic and and, and so-called tribal differences, um, you know, let's not forget the popular notion of the Cosa Nostra and the mm. Mandela and Tabumbeki, um, and then, you know, the notion of Zulu supremacy that came up, or Nguni supremacy that came up under Jacob Zuma, and, you know, this kind of essence of pride, as if the children of, or the stepchildren of Hendrik would have learned the lessons of apartheid really well, and undone what Njibul and Debele in the late 80s said, was the reimagining of a black subjectivity that was not only in terms of the colonial and apartheid discourse. And that's, I think, the lesson that in contemporary South Africa, if we are to take anything from Jesse Duarte's caution and warning, is something that we urgently have to address, because it is something that is inside all of our institutions, uh, political as well as social, inside all of our organizations, and is the substance of everyday life that we need to undo if we are to get beyond it. Mm. Last one here, Angela. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. And I guess my question to you, uh, just judging from what uh, you've seen from the ANC over the last few decades or so, uh, in terms of how they deal with the contentious uh, um, you know, observations or even comments by some of their members, uh, how do you anticipate uh, that they're going to deal with this particular one? They will once again resort to the broad church um Metaphor that the ANC is a broad church, it's an organization with a variety of views and opinions in it, and that debate is largely in it. What will happen with Jesse Duarte inside the organization uh, is going to be interesting to watch. This may be the beginning of a, you know, a shift in power relations inside the top six officials, or this may just be a coordinated, well-constructed political ploy, given what else is happening in the, um, shall we say, political environment now that Gwen and Gwenya is back making mm. policy inside the DA and saying that race doesn't matter and race should move beyond. And here is the ANC taking that discourse back and suggesting through Jester Wattis' remarks via self-criticism that in fact it does matter and has consequences and it may be time for the governing party to pay attention to what those consequences are and to undo them. Angela Fick, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That there was a political analyst, uh, Angelo Fick, uh, uh, helping us here to think through some of the remarks here uh, made by uh, Jesse Duarte at a uh, memorial lecture honoring uh, Mamu Albertina Sisulu. Uh, what do you make of that? Of course, the uh, conversation continues. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, do share some of those perspectives with us. We're going to have to wrap it up there. I'm going to leave you uh, with the soulful sounds of the man with the music. Central is going to be with you from 9 right through to midnight. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Kubagalo limit is Africa. Singabandona Bomku,